Let's do some comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this. One of the the Manscaped one is so fun. Um, oh, I, the Theo Vaughn. I love yeah, Theo yeah. Vaughn. It was so funny. Fantastic. It was so funny. Welcome to today's episode of Make Better. I'm your host, Amelia. And here we have... Wonderful Adam McNeil from Adopter Media. I'm a podcast ad buyer and I get to grow and scale direct-to-consumer brands through podcast advertising. This is really awesome because Adam is an expert on all things podcast advertising. He's a fanatic when it comes to ad creative. So he has a lot of really good, interesting pieces of advice and and critiques when it comes to how to improve your podcast performance, specifically from an ad creative standpoint. All right, let's start with, let's start with hair story. All right, I'm going to play this one. Real sure. Quick. Did you know that the plastic from shampoo results in over 500 million empty plastic bottles every year? It's enough to fill 1,164 football fields. I love products that do better than that, which is why hair story is a sponsor of this show. Hair Story has been founded on the principles of sustainability, and they take this seriously, producing a hair product called the New Wash that is 100% biodegradable and 100% in recyclable pouch packaging. Most people don't know that traditional shampoo is just not the greatest for their hair or the planet. I didn't know that. New Wash is a cleansing cream that cleans and conditions without the harsh foams and damaging detergents found in traditional shampoos. The luxurious result, your healthiest, happiest hair ever. Hair Story does things differently, and it donates 1% of their 8-ounce new wash sales to water-related issues. It's so important that all of us do our part to make choices that benefit our planet. The hair care and cosmetics industry is really one of the largest in the world, and I am so passionate about supporting brands like Hair Story that do their part. Their products have a focus on having the lowest impact on the environment from the ingredients they use to the packaging they ship their product in. I love getting and trying the product and knowing that it's good for the world, not just for me. Try New Wash by going to hairstory.com and have your best hair day and support the environment. If you use code WISER at checkout, Hair Story will donate 10% to water preservation efforts and you'll enjoy 20% off your purchase. That's hairstory.com. Use code WISER. Many of us are always on the hunt for elevation. So interesting on this one. So many thoughts. Adam, what well, do you think? It, is, it sounds very newsy. Right off the get-go, this is a very formal ad. It feels like they're going through the talking points. They're sticking with it. No real personal endorsement in there. Nothing that feels like you've got a real genuine connection to the show and the product where the host loves the product and has gotten fully behind it. They get behind it in the sense of like, oh, I align with the mission and the vision of this company and what they're doing in the world. But have you tried the product? How did it make you feel? What was it like? What did it feel like? You know, I want to hear more of that. No, I mean, the first thing I noticed to, to what you said was like, I, I don't even know if she said she tried it or not. Yeah. And, and that can actually be a byproduct of the types of shows. So, for example, in mm -hmm. the news politics world, and if you're under a national public radio system like NPR or whatever, typically they actually can't give personal endorsements to products within really? certain industries because they're either journalists or reporters or whatever. And so uh, they can only do announcer reads where they do give straight reads. And so... There could be that involved here as well, where certain hosts are not allowed or unable to give personal endorsements. So they do talk more about, here's what the brand is all about. So therefore, you should check out this brand. Well, other hosts they might have that they're working with campaigns on might be going all in like you might and go like, man, their product is the best. I love it. I use it every day, whatever, you know, I think ABCs of how you use it. 
And so it could be that. It could also just be that they're trying to be more cost effective and maybe to add a host endorsement to it might have cost them more and they're trying to just reserve a little bit of cash. That could be the case. There's Wait, sometimes tell me, a number. Tell me more about that. That's that's really, really interesting. I didn't know that they would maybe like tier pricing based off of what the ad mm. read would include. Yeah, it's not very often that I see it, but occasionally on a few rate cards, you can buy just straight reads. Or if you want to give a host endorsement, A, you'd have to send product to the host. And then B, they usually will charge a slightly higher rate to put their their podcast name behind the product, which is odd because if you're using your voice to read an ad, you're almost inadvertently putting your name behind it anyway before you're even giving an endorsement. So, but I've seen it. It's not very common. I, I would say the rule of thumb for me in almost all cases is it is if you can do personal endorsement, always do personal endorsement. That's going to give you the best read possible because you're asking someone to give their genuine experience. If that's not available, then great. You could do a producer or an announcer read where they're just talking more broadly about what the product is about, who it's for, and why you should maybe check it out if you care about those things. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty long one. It was, I believe it's about a minute 30. Are we seeing a shift in length or are more ads getting longer? Or are they getting shorter? I mean, obviously, we're short form video and all a lot of other channels sort of like the name of the game and they're not the same, but this one was really, really long. That was the first thing that I noticed. Yeah, I think there was a really interesting LinkedIn post recently from Christina Rubino from Right Side Up where she was talking about the correlation of ad length to ad effectiveness. And I think, you know, they did a detailed dive into some of the analytics, but I would say some of it's still anecdotal where I think the longer the ad read goes, it can hinder performance, except when it doesn't feel like an ad. So for example, everybody remembers, you know, a Bill Burr's, Sherry's, Barry's ads that would go on for five minutes long. And, and it was more just like content. People wanted to listen. And by the end, nobody couldn't not, talk, you couldn't not talk or remember Sherry's Berries. Everybody in the podcast industry still talks about it. And, and that's because it wasn't just an ad. It was more content to the listeners. So people remember it a bit more. But I think if you are doing like an announcer read, it's a straight read and it's going long. Oh, that starts to drive me a little bit insane. Mm -hmm. If you're going on for personal endorsement and you're talking about like how you use this product and like, oh, I was chatting with my significant other and we were doing this, blah, blah. blah, And it just feels like this added bit of content. And then it ends up with like another, you know, quick 10 second bit where you're like, and head to this website.com slash arc promo code. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I think longer ads with good endorsement in the middle is not going to hurt your performance. I Mm -hmm. think that can benefit your performance. If it's a long ad just because it's a long ad and you're trying to slam in a ton of talking points, that's not going to help anybody. I think that can hinder your performance. Yeah. When it's also like we're we're receptive to things when we relate to them. But like if you give me a list of seven, like I might not be able to relate to any of them, you know, like rather than just focusing on a couple main ones. And it felt like this one definitely had a lot of value props. The other interesting thing, similar to one that we've reviewed before. towards the beginning was this hook she did come on and sort of start to say I I don't know if the stat was just about plastic bottles or hair care products in particular but she gave some number about how many many football fields yeah that was that was really interesting to me because I I don't I love that concept but I couldn't imagine that like it didn't actually land for me and I I obviously like my sentiment was like oh that's a lot but I, I didn't get that same sort of like you know Oh, wow. Like that. I think that they were, they were looking for. So yeah. Interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I think if you're going to use analogies, you should use an analogy that relates to your audience. I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, that hair story based on their website and what I'm saying, they tend to lean to a very female audience in general. Uh And Uh so I would say that maybe use an analogy that would be more broadly female oriented. I think. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. The football. Huh. 
it's an assumption. I could be totally off in my bias, but maybe use an analogy that would relate more with your demographic. I don't know if, a, and I'm Canadian. We don't really care that much about football <laughs> up here. So maybe everybody in the States just cares a lot about football and, uh -huh. and that's a good analogy to use. Uh -huh. But if you're not somebody who goes to football games a lot, then the size of a football field may not be the best analogy to use. But yeah. I also do think it's a pretty generic one. Standard. Yeah. Fairly easy to, to, to get around and use. So I don't yeah. think it's terrible, but yeah, I, I think it was, they're trying to lean into what works for them and, and it could work. I don't think it's a bad read. I think it's a fine read. I think that there's room for improvement. And especially if you can get personal endorsement involved in it, then amazing. That would, that would enhance it a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, in either uh, other options for that football thing could have been a, the size of a certain state, you know, that sort of stuff. So mm. just interesting to think like when the decision making is being made on handing somebody a script like this, the types of stuff that we think about and that, you know, you as a, as a brand need to brief. So cool, super interesting. All right, let's do Manscaped. This one's freaking fun. It's springtime, baby, and it's time to tidy up. It's time to get up in them crevasses, baby, and trim about around your wiener, dog. You know it. Dehair that wing, baby. Get it nice, buddy. Let the wind hit it. You know what I'm talking about? Manscaped. That's right. Join the other 8 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code Theo to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. They got a beautiful performance package 4.0 that you can groom your body with. And you can get that ball care bundle, baby. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The weed whacker does the ear and hair nose trimmer. Get all in it. God, get it out. If you purchase now, you will receive two free gifts. The performance boxer briefs and shed travel bag. So you can make sure you got everything to take care of your bag is in a bag, baby. That's it. Save 20% off in free shipping with code Theo at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code T-H-E-O at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. You know, I'm a big fan of Raising Cane. What do you think? I think that this is one of the greatest examples of in involving comedy, involving your natural tone of how you talk in a show into your ad reads. I am an unashamed listener of the Theo Vaughn podcast on occasion, and I see his TikToks all the time. And you could tell me that that was an ad or just regular content in his episode, and I'd probably believe you because that's the way that he just talks oftentimes. And so in a lot of ways, it didn't feel like it was an ad and that I was looking for the skip button. It felt like, oh man, what kind of funny stuff is Theo about to say? And I'll stick around for this ad in the meantime, because why not? And oh, by the end, maybe maybe I actually should take a look at uh, getting manscaped. It's springtime's coming, baby. He's talking <laughs> right at me. And so he's telling me all these things. And maybe maybe I'm just getting a little influenced by Theo's comedy. It just feels fun throughout the read. And I it, and I think Manscaped does a good job of picking who their creators are because that's that's their whole brand is being fun, making light of of what their product uh -huh. is and working with hosts that do a good job of that. And I think Theo's like genuinely probably a great fit for that brand in that regard. Yeah, it was probably 15 seconds before Manscaped was mentioned. What What do you think about that? Going back to all, every time we talk about this, it's content first. It's how can we make this seem not like an ad so people don't skip it. That, that I, It was 15 seconds before I was like, wait, where is he going with this? Is this part of the show or is this like, what's he about to say? But isn't that the best part? Because then yeah. by the time he mentions the ad, you're like, oh, I didn't even know that this was an ad. I just was enjoying this for a yeah. moment. 
And I was like, oh man, what, what is Theo going off on right now? And then yeah. they're like, it's Manscaped, baby. We're talking Manscaped. We got uh-huh. the performance package, four point. And then he goes in and he does his whole thing. And it's it's really brilliant the way that he almost subverts your expectations by hooking you in with just who he is, his comedy, Uh his natural voice. And this is what his audience is expecting. They know that that's Theo. And then they drop him with the the manscape. It's really well done. It's a good way of keeping people engaged in the ads because again, it doesn't feel like ads to the, to the degree that I have genuinely been on YouTube and I've seen Theo Vaughn ad compilations on YouTube where it is just videos of Theo Vaughn doing ad reads. Now, if you were a podcaster and you want brands to notice how good you are doing ads, find a way to have people want to make ad compilations out of your ads. Let the podcaster do what they know how to do, which is connect to their audience, give them a rough structure of how to do that and what you they should probably talk about. But as much as you can, try to take the leash off the podcaster. Don't control them too much. Give them the freedom to be who they are because they typically know how to communicate to their audience better than you know how to communicate to their audience. So that's kind of the great rule of thumb. In some cases, you do need to hold the leash a little tight on some <laughs> podcasters, but for the most part, I, I like to let, let them loose and see what they do first. That's so cool. So the last thing that I noticed unique to some of the other ads that we've gone through is there was obviously a call to action, but a very specific like offer. And maybe that offer was also available on Facebook and other channels, but it seemed kind of like an exclusive podcast offer. They were offering like merch and stuff. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you see that a lot? Do you think that helps convert? Yeah. Oh, I've definitely taken a look at Manscaped's funnel before. So they have their their performance 4.0 package. It comes with a boxer brief and whatnot. They have this whole kit that you can buy. And then the code itself gives you 20% off and free shipping. So his code is not the bundle. The bundle just exists, but the code, but the way that it gets pitched in the podcast makes it sound like you're getting all this added value because you're a listener of the podcast. But really the only added value is that 20% off and the free shipping that's coming. But the way that the package is pitched, it just comes across that by the time you get to the end of the read, you're like, man, I'm getting all this extra value just because I'm buying the 4.0 razor. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the briefs. I'm getting the the weed whacker, whatever it's called. And uh, I'm getting 20% off. Like at that point, the offer feels really, really good because they've stacked value on value on value that you've diminished the cost of the original item that you were being sold on so that it's a way easier buy. And, and I think Manscaped genuinely is probably one of the best performance marketing companies out there to date. They're a razor company that has dominated the world in terms of e-commerce. So they've done a very good job of learning how to do offer structuring. Love it. Could not agree more. All right. Next one. I kind of want to do another rocket money one. Sure. Do you want to do the two? We have two Howie Mandel ones back to back. We should do them back to back, do a double okay. stack. I actually have feedback on each of them. One of them was great and one of them was not great. Okay. All right. In the current? Yeah. The next wave is... Uh... I am so excited that Rocket Money is one of our sponsors because I use Rocket Money all the time. So you're not just advertising it. You are a customer. I am. I use it all the time. It saves me so much money. What does it do? It tells me what, well, it does a lot of stuff, but you could track all your money in your bank accounts and stuff like that. But what I love the most is it tells you about all your subscriptions that you don't even remember you have. And so you can go in and actually cancel any subscriptions that you're not currently using and it saves you or it saves me a fortune. No joke. A really? fortune. Yes. So you'll cancel like your husband's porn subscription. I have done that. And not only do you <laughs> save money, but you save your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, you could be, well, that, you don't want to waste money. Mm-hmm. And especially in these times with the financial woes that a lot of people are going through, I think this is a great 
great sponsor and a great product. And I heard somewhere that 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about. So it's not just me. It's a lot of people. It's 80%. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the app shows all your subscriptions, all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a sub uh, subscription. So it'll show you like how much you're paying. Yeah, and not only that, it'll tell you when a subscri subscription price has gone up, which you wouldn't know anyways. It's really cool. And all you got to do is uh, press cancel, yeah. and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Yeah, so get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Howie. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Howie. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash Howie. Wow, what a coincidence. That's my name. And I, I use that app too. It's awesome, right? I had it since it was Truebill. Me too. That's why I didn't recognize that's the it. Same, like, that's the same. Yeah. Truebill became Rocket Money. You're going to want to hear this because so just to just to jump in there that was really really cool it was a, a conversation and if anything you know we were just talking about how it needs to feel like this person's actually used the product and it's a, a real testimonial and stuff they were addressing that immediately he was like he was like oh so you've you've actually used it like all the you know your concerns as a listener or whatever or what is this an ad or are they you know actually being real and do they actually really like this product they called that out explicitly yeah, it humanizes the brand almost instantly because now you're no longer re like, sure, they're still getting paid to do this read, but yeah. would they have done it without getting paid? She probably still would have been a fan and talked about it at some point to someone and you can get that vibe right away. So now I'm more curious because it seems more genuine than just this is a paid read for a product that they may or may not love that much, but it sounds yeah. like she genuinely likes the product. And it's a really good way of introducing that this is genuine off the get go. Yeah. And again, like conversation, like he's asking questions, which, which probably is easier from an ad read perspective too. like rather than having to not sound scripted, but still reading through a script, having that person ask you those questions, then go and answer them. I mean, it sounds more authentic. There was just something about explicitly stating that where anything she said going forward was so much more authentic and real rather coming off like you're pretending like we we know when people are faking it and when they actually care about something. And immediately all of my concerns about is she being real with this or not were sort of dismissed. Absolutely. I, I did this when I had my first sponsor of my podcast, Onyx Coffee Lab. I'm wearing their stuff. I don't even Ooh. do the podcast anymore. Sponsor. I <laughs> yeah, sponsor. I, I love them so much. And I communicated to my audience. I was like, I want to get Onyx as a sponsor, not because I want to get paid, but because I love them so much. And I wanted more reasons to share about them to you guys. And so then when I do the ad reads, I'm like, guys, we finally did it. We got Onyx as a sponsor. Oh, like, And I so called personal. it out and I like, I told my audience, it's like, we worked for this together and, oh. and they were invested in it because there was a genuine connection there. And I think in ways that's such a good strategy for breaking that fourth wall between mm -hmm. being paid to talk about a product and loving a product and wanting to talk about it. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for talking about a product. Do it. Brands should be paying to get their, their presence out there. That's part of advertising. That's part of marketing. That's part of building a brand. But there's ways as a creator where you can actually enhance people's image of a brand by removing that fourth wall and talking about the process talking about like yeah i'm paid but i love this product and you should love this product too and here's how i use it and i was using it before they were even a sponsor especially if you're using it before they were even a sponsor mention that that's such a good mm -hmm. hook because it shows that i took them as a sponsor because i like their product not wow. i took them as a sponsor and then i'm 
I, then I like the product because maybe I'm being manipulated to like the product because they're paying me to like the product. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. No, so, so interesting addressing that. I love what that, that that's how you approach your audience for that ad, because again, it's content right there, like breaking that fourth wall and being authentic. And, you know, I just think you're way more likely to, to listen to it than like, oh, here it goes. And it's going to be another scripted ad read. She said something that was so brilliant. She changed the ad read about, I'm going to sell you a product. Instead, she said, it saves you. No, it, it saves me money. And mm -hmm. she's saying how like, she's internalized how this product has benefited her in a way that is not just about her selling it to you. She's actually telling you like, no, this has helped me. And she even calls it out. It like, it feels like it's such a human read. I really like this ad to be honest. It so far, like partway through, they're crushing it out of the gate. Yeah. And, and she's like delivering everything perfectly too. Like I, it doesn't sound like she's talking off the cuff, which is, it could be good or bad, but I, I think she's, she's still nailing all the talking points. And obviously I don't know what, you know, rocket money wanted to make sure she did hit, but it, it feels like she's hitting that she's not missing anything. She's not, she, it's, it's just the, the nature of the responding to the question. I really, really like this method. And when, you know, there are a good amount of dual reads, right. Where like there's two hosts and so they're doing them and this, I haven't seen this personally before. And I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah, you don't see it too, too often, but I think it's a really effective way. I think the one thing that I've noticed so far in this ad read that I would say is interesting is that the female host, she's done a really good job of, of personalizing and Howie has kind of played more of the role of question asker, but it does come across a little bit like Howie is not as familiar with this product, maybe hasn't tried it. Maybe that's a, an assumption that I have, but I, I don't know if you hear that, but I hear that to a degree where he is more of the, I'm the bystander, let me poke and prod, let me be the the, the conversationalist and help bring more info out of her because she's the genuine user of the product. So that's really interesting because you're totally right. He's asking questions that he clearly doesn't have the answer to or he wouldn't be asking. And because they're talking to each other, right? Like she's, he's asking questions that he wants answers to and she's giving it back to him. She's not, they're not talking at us necessarily, which mm -hmm. going back to that content ad thing, I mean, not only did this ad feel just like a normal podcast, right? Like it, the, the nature of, uh, you know, question and answer in a podcast podcast, it was sort of the same. But I don't know when I listened to that, if I had any less trust in the product, because he was asking the questions. You know, Absolutely. And he didn't know about it. Absolutely. No, I think they did a fantastic job of that. And in some ways, I almost like that if instead of breaking the fourth wall, it almost feels like she's trying to convince Howie yes. to buy this product. And I think that that's actually a really creative way to do ads, especially for co-hosts like Amelia. Uh, have I told you about Ember? It's a coffee <laughs> mug. I use it all the time. I freaking love it. I'm And I'm going to tell you all about it. And here's all the things. And then it's actually more conversational because then I'm not yeah. trying to like talk to my audience that I can't see because as a mm -hmm. podcaster, you don't necessarily see your audience. So it's hard to know how they're responding to how you're talking to them. But as you and I are talking here, I can talk to you and I can gauge based off of your physical reaction to, you know, as I talk about this mug or whatever else I'm trying to sell you on, we can adapt to that as we're going. And it, it can be a really healthy and a really impactful way of being creative with ad reads on the fly. Wow. That, that's so interesting and such a good point. Right after the Rocket Money ad. We had an ad on the same podcast, on the same episode. You're going to want to hear this because I think right now it's really important to say to yourself, you know what, how can I, how can I keep my money safe? How can I make an investment? How can I be part of something that I maybe can't even afford to be part of, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this, you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say you're talking about Masterworks. And if you keep listening, you'll learn how to get a reward value of up to $200. That's right, up to $200. You tell them how. Okay. So we're going to talk about it. Okay. 
Now, this isn't NFTs, okay? This is fine art worth millions, all right? And you go, well, I can't invest in fine art. That's for billionaires. Well, that's what this company does now. Masterworks allows you. It's kind of like, it's, um, what, what do you call it when you have uh, shares? Like, um, uh, uh, what do you call it when you split something into ownership? Shares? Yeah. That's what they do with fine, with fine art, yeah. right? But they'll yeah. take out like a billion-dollar painting or a million-dollar like painting. Like Picasso's and Monet's and right. stuff like that. Right, Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's one of the things that can actually go up in value, art now, mm -hmm. right? More than anything. It's not as... So that's how Masterworks has produced results, even as the economy slows. That's right. Just a few weeks ago, Masterworks sold a painting for a 21.5% net return. So they made 21.5% more than they invested in it. Which is really good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. So learn how to get up to $200 from Masterworks when you sign up with our special code at masterworks.art slash Howie. That's masterworks.art slash Howie to learn how to get up to $200. See important regulations, a disclosure at masterworks.com slash CD. Sure. It's all right. Wait, what? <laughs> what did I just listen to? So, yeah, I was going to say at this point in the ad, I had to stop and I was so confused. What what is this reward? I don't even know anything about they it, it it feels all over the place. I am lost. I don't know where this is going. I've heard a brand name Masterworks. I don't know anything about this brand. Heard a little bit about investing and then there's almost like this like put a carrot on the end of the stick. Now stick around because at the end of this ad read, you can potentially get $200 or whatever it is. And I, there, there's a part of me that just feels like, Oh, what's going on here? I don't, I don't get it. So I've, at this point in the ad, I'm lost. I do not know what's happening. I, this I is a huge it. difference from the first ad. Uh huh. Well, how amazing would it have been if they didn't add where it was like, do you know how much money you would have made if you invested in the Mona Lisa back in whatever year? I and, love that. And, and how much that, art piece of art has grown over the years it's one of the best investments that's ever been made or whatever yada 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 and but most of those investments are are saved for for the financial elite the billionaires of this world that wasn't until masterworks entered the picture masterworks lets lets you invest in in priceless art but at the fraction of a cost and, and so that would be a great way to hook into the product a way that introduces this well you're you're outlining that some people in the world have access to be able to do this thing where they're mm -hmm. making so much money that maybe I don't, mm -hmm. you know, and, and here's a way in. And then Masterworks solves that problem. It starts to make a little bit more sense. I think that first, like I said, and like what you were saying, that first bit was just confusing. We got a little lost. I didn't know where it was going. It felt like maybe on the copy, they were reading it and they kind of got lost on there and they were trying to save it. And at the end, you probably should have just re-recorded it and started afresh. I'm going to get $200 as a potential reward by signing up using their code when I get there. So they've fulfilled on their promise that they made at the beginning. So I know what that's going to be. And I have a better understanding of Masterworks. But I do think they could have gotten a little bit more creative with the endorsement. Maybe they haven't actually used it yet. And that could be part of it is that they aren't as familiar with the product. And I would say that was my biggest takeaway, the difference. And, and it's easy to compare because we've now listened to two ad reads by the same podcast host on the same episode. One of them had a clear, genuine connection to the brand. This one felt like they were reading a little bit more of an ad that was straight mm -hmm. out of a, uh, an ad copybook. And mm -hmm. they it didn't feel like they knew much about the product aside mm -hmm. from the talking points and they were still trying to figure it out. And maybe like they didn't fully understand it or had used mm -hmm. it or had been on the website much. And that happens. And, but it's notable. It's very starkly different. So if you're a listener, imagine listening to that podcast episode, hearing those ads back to back, 
you'd be like, wow, Rocket Money does sound fantastic now by comparison to Masterworks in terms of how much these guys love Rocket Money. Uh-huh. No, so true. The the stat that they brought up, they bought a painting and they made 27% more or something. Obviously, that's like sort of proving that like this is legit, especially since, again, I'm not familiar with art trading. There has to be some education around that. But how did that impact the people that invested? Rather than this is proving the point that artwork, in fact, does make more, you know, retain value and grow in terms of how much it's worth over time. What did, did somebody make another $2,000, $100? Like that would have been, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like maybe the, I would think about this as an investment option rather than proving the point that in fact art does increase in value absolutely and i think they could have done a much better job on on hooking people in i don't think they did a great job of the hook at the beginning i think they could have improved that drastically and that could have led to a much much better ad read because i think it could be a fantastic product it looks like a yeah. really cool company really cool concept really really cool concept so last point as as masterworks like watching this and listening and they probably have a lot of the same feedback we do right how do you think you might as the brand script or instruct a host to read about something like this better that maybe they didn't do? How could they have helped guide that a little bit more? That's a fantastic question. So there's two ways to do that, in my opinion. One is by giving open-ended talking points for copy. So when we send out copy to creators, we try to, instead of telling them what to say, we give them prompts of how to talk about product or prompts on the introduction to a product. So talk about a time where you made a good investment or maybe talk about a time you made a bad investment or talk about your experience with art or whatever it is. Like, Don't say, I want you to say this about art give them something open-ended so that they can either integrate it into their content, pull something from it, or just let them be free reign with it. Tell them that, hey, use one of our two or three prompts to, to spark conversation or create your own. We trust you. Trust the podcast host. You're paying the money. Trust mm. them to do their job. But then after that, the, the second piece is to send them examples of ads you really like. Mm. That is that is one of the bread and butter tools to, to do that. So if you have been doing podcast advertising for a while as Masterworks, maybe you have a few ads out there that have been just bomb. They've crushed it. You've seen great results from it. The ad quality was great. You really liked how it was done. Send them over and maybe even add a note going like, hey, really loved how this podcast introduced our product it was a great way for their audience to connect with what the brand is about and pulled them in so give examples give open-ended opportunities for the podcaster to be creative those would be the two big things there's actually a third piece that i didn't mention is at adopter we do onboarding calls with every single uh, podcast that we onboard whether or not it's with the host or with a producer or the network that represents it that's a really really good way to make sure that they are on the same page as you for you to emphasize verbally to say like hey, amelia look here's the ad copy i know it seems like a script and it can appear like a script i do not want you to read this like a script please repeat you know like repeat after uh -huh, me this uh -huh, is not uh -huh. a script you know and and we can emphasize that on phone calls with the host and say like look we want you to be creative i trust you to speak to your audience this is really just a framework for you to build off of please do not use this as the the rule of what you need to say mm -hmm. so that that's at least how we do it at adopter mm -hmm. media where we we do do an onboarding call with every single podcast when we do a launch on them yeah, you're you're helping them do what they do best rather than forcing them to do something and, and you know a set mm -hmm. of of guidelines that might not be you know authentic to their show. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Empower, don't restrain. Uh, yeah. empower, give them give them the give them the tools to succeed. Wow, empower, don't restrain. Interesting. Any final thoughts? No, I think I think I'm good. Cool, awesome. Just to summarize some of the stuff we talked about, what, what would you say the biggest three themes we went over on this episode were? 
Mm. So a couple themes, personal endorsement, get really creative, get creative with using your own voice. I think Theo did a fantastic job of that. I think as well, the rocket money ad on Howie Mandel was fantastic too, where the, the co-host there really got all in on her experience, how he was asking questions. It was so conversational. It felt very engaging. I think those were the big wins out of this week's ads that we looked at where we saw great examples of personal endorsement. And then what I loved was that we had two ads from the same podcast where one had great endorsement and one felt a little bit off, like they didn't experience it. And you can see the drastic difference of how both you and I as listeners responded to those ads where I think Rocket Money just landed perfectly there where Masterworks felt like I didn't really know if they cared that much about it or they mm -hmm. were invested or maybe even I I don't even know if I care yet. And, mm -hmm. and I was a little lost because it felt like they were lost. So I think ultimately number one is be a user of the products you're advertising. Get to know the brands spend time on their website. Maybe maybe you haven't bought in fine art before. Maybe you don't have to, but go through the process of looking into and do some research and find a fun way to integrate it into your content. Howie Mandel worked on America's Got Talent. I'm sure he's looked and met with lots of artists and you know maybe he has an experience with a particular piece of art that is on the platform right now. I don't know. There could have been a great integration there. That would have been a cool way to, to, to bring that in. And lastly, Try not to fit the brand voice as much as let the brand fit your voice within reason. And I think that's where we saw a bit of a fall off on the ad read with Thornton Lifelock, where instead of letting DJ Envy go all in on how she would normally talk in the podcast and then bring in Norton Lifelock into that, it felt like she kind of pulled herself out of the podcast to fit into how Norton Lifelock might want her to talk about the product. And so those would be the big takeaways that I would I would lean into. And then... I think that kind of covers pretty much everything aside from hair story. Do you want to add some final touches on hair story? Uh, it's that's probably a, a perfect example of summarizing like all the things you just said because it it felt it felt very scripted. It didn't feel like you know she actually used the product, which is really really interesting. And and again, that was an interesting one where they were. I guess this isn't sort of like a summary best practice, but but they they emphasized something that was not specific to the product a lot in the ad. They gave a lot of space for talking about the um the ecological stuff. And and I think you brought up that that could there there could be different sort of pricing when it comes to working with her. Maybe you've got to pay more for a person endorsement, which again, something I wasn't aware of. And I, you know, I'm, I'm interested, I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this probably weren't familiar with that either. But I think, I think that one in general, it, it, again, it, it felt more scripted. It felt more serious and, and it, still their, their show is a comedy show. It definitely wasn't, wasn't super funny. But I think the other thing that you brought up that is a really important takeaway again, is the, is the two URLs or having them repeat that. That's super, super mm -hmm. interesting, but it should be as a, as a brand, just part of your tool book where you're doing that every time. It's one of those best practices that you just do. And then to what you were saying, content, content content that end of the ad that made it feel like oh remember yeah like, the ad after the ad exactly that you know oh it used to be called true bill oh yeah now i remember that extra space and and again more authenticity and in conversational and stuff so I, yeah i think the theme that we keep seeing is just like you know to avoid being you know skipped or having it not you know be fully understood and stuff how can you know you work with shows and and hosts and stuff to to make it feel as less like an ad as possible provide some value make that mm -hmm. personal testimony yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. Well, thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is fun. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That completes episode two of Make Better. Tune in next week for ads on some health and fitness podcasts. We're going to be looking at a couple different types of advertisers, some that are direct response, CPG focused, and others that are more awareness service based. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again for listening, guys.